Welcome to Fort Riley, the podcast. We recently visited Fort Riley Installation Pest Management Coordinator, Gerald Spahn. He had some new tips on a problem that looks like it may explode on July 4th. Yep, we sure are. We're on to mosquitoes, everybody's favorite buddy. And honestly, this year we've been pretty lucky with our way our rainfall pattern has been. The number of mosquitoes we have seen has been minimal, which is a good thing. But looking ahead, or it looks like we're entering a rainy pattern, which will mean we'll probably start seeing an uptick in about, oh, a week before the 4th of July and going into the 4th of July. So it's a really good time to hit this and hit this hard. Mosquitoes require a um, water source to lay their eggs in and then to develop through their larval stage. Uh, before they become the true adult mosquito, the biting mosquito. Uh, with the dry weather pattern we've had and then the timely rains we've had, our um, normal larval sources haven't been able to develop fully and when they were getting close we'd get a rain and wash them away. Um, with the pattern that looks like we're getting ready to enter, uh, a lot of our normal larval sources would probably be there the seven to ten days. It takes the eggs to hatch and the larvae to survive to adulthood. The biggest thing we're looking at right now is where they're going to be developing and that's where we'll be concentrating our efforts coming up here in the future to possibly do some treatments. Um, I'll also be doing some coordination with our Corvius partner to let them know any data that Public Health Command provides me over the next seven to ten days uh, so that within the housing areas on Fort Riley they can plan also. Now is that usual? Do you work with together with Corvius to kind of get the installation squared away? Uh, we normally um, provide Corvius any data that Public Health is providing us and they make their own decisions. Uh, we decide for all the non-housing areas and it's based on zones. It isn't based off of just going out and doing a treatment someplace. It's based off of zones, based off the number of mosquitoes within that zone. Um, thus far, we've only had one call for potential fogging, which is our best way to knock, do immediate knockdown mosquitoes. And that was just for one zone, which was the McCormick Park area thing they can do is when they are outside is to dress in light color clothes, preferably long sleeve shirts, uh, and use a approved mosquito repellent, preferably something with DEET at 40% or more or some of the other common off-the-shelf ones. The biggest thing if they're getting an off-the-shelf product, which most of ours are, is to look to make sure that it is registered with the Environmental Protection Agency. Um, there are some out there that may have 25B exempt on the MAC. That just means they're using a natural product and the efficiency may not be that of the true registered repellent. Other things that they can do is just around home is to take a little bit of time and walk around and look for water sources. Things we look for for water sources, any place water was stand for more than two or three days. That could be anything from the basin on a flower pot to a bird bath 
to maybe even a puddle clear back in your backyard. What we're wanting to do is make sure those water sources are dried up or emptied out. Um, this time of year, we're putting a lot of our pets outside, especially mornings and evenings, so we're probably keeping a bucket of water out there for them. That's fine and dandy. Either change it daily, or if you're going to try to keep it out there for more than a day, change it every third day or so. That will prevent any larvae, any eggs that get laid in there to become larvae to become mosquitoes. Spawn went on to say that a recent story involving reptiles highlights the value of the public sharing information with local officials if they see something out of the ordinary. Um, part of my job is to deal with invasive species in general. And with the recent incident with the two alligators that were stolen in uh, the city of Manhattan, it kind of just brings full circle invasive species. In Kansas, an alligator would be considered a invasive species. They are not here. So if you see something like that, don't be afraid to tell the local authorities. That is probably what helped even though the public was aware those were stolen, it was probably what helped identify at least where one of the alligators were. And if we were to hear something like that in our office here in the environmental division, we will go and investigate it to determine if that is an invasive species. Thank you, Gerald. Thank you for listening to the Fort Riley Podcast.